0: Hello, this is Rudy Holland with Moments of Inspiration, and I appreciate you tuning into the podcast again today. Well, today is a, um, I guess, a special day in a lot of ways, in that we are uh, going to finish up our series of podcasts on the Book of Philippians. I want to give you just a little bit of a review because I want you to remember the Book of Philippians. The Book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. I he was uh, under arrest, actually. Some people say he was in prison. Well, he was, uh, uh, he was in prison, but he was in house prison and uh, not, not restricted to a dungeon uh, in Rome as he wrote the letter to, to the Philippians or to Philippi, a church in Philippi. Uh, you would think he would be down in the dumps, um, depressed, uh, knowing that he was probably going to lose his life for the cause of Christ and thinking about dying and all that went with all of his incarceration. Yet he writes a book, whose, which theme is Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, I say rejoice. The theme of the book is joy. Chapter number one, he reminds us that we should never let the circumstances of our life be the thief of our joy. Now, joy is not happiness. Joy is the inner peace and contentment that we have because we know Jesus Christ is our Savior. And the circumstances of life may rob us of happiness, Or they may bring great happiness. But joy needs to be constant in our life. I'm satisfied with Jesus. I know he's in control. We have all of these things that we say. All of those ought to be springing forth out of the fact that we are people that know what it is to live with constant joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy that rests in our relationship with Him. Circumstances may change. God never does. Jesus never does. Sometimes people can become the thief of our joys. People treat us in all different kinds of ways and sometimes deservingly, sometimes many times undeservingly. But we must never put our eyes on people. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. He's constant, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always full of grace. He's always the God of mercy. And so we need to keep our eyes on Him and not allow people to rob us of joy. Then sometimes we get our priorities wrong and we think it's things that will provide us joy and then when we lose the things we of life that we thought was so important, we no longer can afford that boat, we had to sell that big house, whatever it might be, uh, we, we, we become despondent, depressed, we lose our joy, and ought not to be so, ought not to be so, because we have a place in heaven prepared for us that cannot be compared to anything in this world. Don't let things rob you of joy. See things as just temporal and temporary to be used to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus. Then Paul comes to the fourth chapter, and we're closing out our series in the last in a few moments with the last few words of this chapter. But chapter four is kind of a summation, taking those three things and uh, talking about worry, not being worried, and when you start thinking about worrying. What is it that we worry about? Well, we worry about the circumstances of our life. We worry about people and what people think and say about us. And we worry about the the gain or loss of things in life. And so the fourth chapter kind of of wraps it all up. And then in the last few verses of the chapter, he gives us what I have labeled and called in recent podcasts, nuggets that we can hold on to. Uh, nuggets like that, we can we can live a contented life. He said, "I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content, wherever I am in life, rich, poor, whatever it might be, in Christ Jesus I can live a contented life." Then he then, then he gives us another nugget. He said. Well, in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, (coughs) excuse me, which strengtheneth me. You know, it doesn't mean I can do anything I want to do, but it does mean I can do everything that God wants me to do. He'll give me the strength to do it. Then he gives us another nugget a promise, if you please. In verse number 19, he says, Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now let me remind you, Paul is a prisoner. Let me remind you, Paul knows that sometime in the future he's going to stand trial for his life, and he's probably pretty well convinced he's going to die for the cause of Christ and yet he gives us all of this encouragement so that we might rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice now I want to close out my series of podcasts in the book of Philippians by looking at Paul's salutation his salute if you please to those to whom he is writing and if you will if you have your Bibles, you can, you can note with me verse 21 and verse 22 and 23 as we close our series of discussions and podcasts from the book of Philippians. Paul says, uh, salute every saint in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to read and make comment. And in the South, we would say, Paul said, tell everybody I said howdy. <laughs> uh, say a hello, salute them, greet them for me. Then he said, oh, and by the way, all of the brethren, those that are saved, Christians, Christian brethren, with or with me, greet you. So then he says, now tell everybody we said hello. Then he says, all the saints salute you. And here's where I want to focus our attention on the very next statement. Chiefly, they that are of Caesar's Household, in the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all, amen. Chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Could you imagine what Paul was saying? May I suggest to you? Paul saw his incarceration as an opportunity. You know, sometimes we look at our dilemmas in life our tribulations, our trials, and we only see the negative. Paul saw them as an opportunity. He had no doubt guards that were assigned to to have charge over him, and he saw that as an opportunity to share the gospel, tell them about Jesus. And so he saw his dilemma, his troubles, his problems as an opportunity. I could tell many stories, but let me just relate one recently that recently happened. There was a great tragedy that happened in a particular church and a young lady was killed in an accident. And the funeral was quite large. The pastor came up and said all the niceties and did all the things that he should have done to try to encourage and comfort the hearts of the family and the friends. But at the end of the day, at the end of the service, he said, let me, he said, let me share with you. And he gave the gospel of the Lord Jesus. He talked about how that death is an inescapable appointment for all of us. And then, unassumingly, he gave a plea If you do not know Jesus as your Savior and you'd like to to invite him into your life today, would you raise your hand? Some 20 people raised their hand, and he then shared with them how to invite Christ into their life. Now, there are some who are listening to that, and they say, well, I don't think y'all do that at a funeral. A funeral is an opportunity to share the gospel. And you say, well, do you really think those people mean it? I don't know. I'll let you know when we get to heaven. But they sure had an opportunity to meet it. You see, sometimes we look at, we look at the darkest hours of our life and we only see the darkness when God says light a candle. Light a candle. is an opportunity. You know, I, I'm often on airplanes and I don't always, as a matter of fact, rarely, but occasionally, God will speak to me about speaking to somebody sitting with me, or near me, about the gospel. And I have had the privilege of sharing the gospel with some unusual situations. I remember I was sitting on the plane, and uh, I noted this lady, she was not close enough for me to speak to, but I could tell she was distraught. And uh uh We got off the plane, and I spoke to her. She seemed to not know where to go. I said, could I help you? And she said, I'm going to such and such a gate for whatever, and I said, I uh, I "I understand. And she looked at me, she said, you're a minister, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. And she began to weep, she said, God sent you for me. And she poured her heart out, and we were able to pray together. All I'm saying is, Paul saw him being a prisoner as an opportunity, not as a punishment, not as a negative, but as a positive. So when he closes the letter, he says, chiefly those of Caesar's household, well, they salute you, they they, they send you greetings, he was talking about those people who he led to Christ. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He had taken what seemed to be a negative, turned it into a positive. Let me ask you, do you ever just consider how many times and how many places God puts you that could be an opportunity for you to share the gospel? Maybe God just put you in that place for that person to share with them that they might come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Now, I realize that in these days in which we live, we're all a little reluctant to speak to people. Even in the South, we've become a little bit more reserved because of so many um, tragedies and and cultural changes and all of those things. May I suggest to you, the gospel of Jesus Christ still works. The Lord is still interested in saving the lost. His grace is still extended. His mercy is still available. And I know it's the Lord that does the saving. I know all that. But I also know we have a command to go and to share and to tell and the seemingly negative situations in our life is God putting us in a place where we can have a positive effect on the lives of other people. My closing thought for you from the book of Philippians you want to live a joyous life. You want to be able to say, as Paul did, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, rejoice. Then keep your eyes on Jesus. Let him let him take care of the circumstances that may come that are adverse. Don't 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 allow yourself to come bitter toward people. Love people as Christ loved people. Esteem them better than yourself. Don't put so much emphasis on on temporal things that'll pass away. Set your sights on the heavenly things. And then take every opportunity you can and every opportunity that God allows you to have to influence others for Jesus Christ. If you'll do that, I will almost guarantee you you'll have a joy-filled life And you'll be able to say, as the Apostle Paul did, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Well, I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed going through these pages in Philippians again. It's not my first trip through these four chapters. I've done it many times. Sometimes on a radio broadcast or even one time in a TV ministry or maybe in a series of sermons, But more often than that, I've read the four chapters. I've considered the thoughts. I've looked at what Paul said for my own personal edification. It's my go-to book when I'm going through a hard time. It's my go-to book when I begin to feel a little despondent or down in the dumps. It is the book that I believe will help all of us be able to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you'll tell people about the podcast. I hope you'll encourage them to listen. And I hope you'll tune in next time. Until then, this is Rudy Holland saying, God bless you, have a great day, and goodbye.